0: listening to the LifeWay Kids podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, we want to let you know about our exciting new event that's coming this October. We're taking everything that you know and love about KMC, our kids' ministry conference, and we're expanding it to become ETCH Family Ministry Conference. ETCH stands for Equipping the Church and Home. We're planning a wide range of breakout sessions for you and your team members, featuring age-specific training for preschool kids, preteen, and students, as well as combined sessions that are designed to help you get your whole team on the same page. It's going to be a great event, and we'd love for you and your whole team to be there. We're also lining up some incredible Nashville music to help you experience the sounds of our hometown right here in Nashville. Act fast as rates will increase on August 31st. Visit etchconference.com to get more details. That's etchconference.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome to the LifeWay Kids podcast. I'm Chuck Peters, one of the directors of LifeWay Kids, and we are here today at KMC, uh, Kids Ministry Conference 2015, right here in the heart of Nashville at the Music City Center. And there's lots of energy and excitement here this week as we talk about kids ministry and we are sharing tips and ideas and insights and inspiration uh, from, uh, that we're hearing from all kinds of thought leaders in kids' ministry. And I have the privilege of sitting here now across the table from Linda Ranson Jacobs and to be talking about ministering to children of divorce and how, how that can be challenging for us as leaders. Uh, Linda's been a children's ministry director. She's developed DC4K, Divorce Care for Kids, at dc4k.org. Uh, And she operated a therapeutic early childhood program and latchkey program for school children. Currently serves as children's ministry consultant at her church and blogs regularly at blog.dc4k.org. Hi, Linda. Hello. Thanks for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. And thank you for
0: being at KMC. We're so glad to have you here. Uh, Listener, if you've missed out, you need to come back. You need to meet Linda in person Listen in on her workshops and ask her questions face to face because there's no way we can cover the depth of this topic in the short time that we have together. So find the opportunity to come out and meet her face to face. Or check out her blog, which would be a great thing too. Um, so, we're talking today about caring for children of divorce. Uh, and, and so, uh, let's start by asking. Why are uh, working and ministering to kids of divorce? Why why is that a culture shock to those of us in ministry?
1: Many times it is a culture shock in ministry because we've been <clears throat> so accustomed to just ministering to two parent families or blended families, which you don't realize one of those children probably come from divorce too. But 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 when a child has a mom and dad, they seem to have better behaviors. Not always, but they seem to. So many children have divorced oh, because of all the situations going on at home, and this is especially true when the parents first separate mm. there's just so much confusion in the child's life and there's so much stress so many times that causes behavior problems and also we're used to children coming fairly regularly the child divorce may not come regularly they may they may show up on the first Sunday of the month they may not come back till next month the first Sunday of the month and then they may go for six weeks and not come back but what we don't understand is that child is vacillating back and forth between two different homes and sometimes three homes if you bring in the grandparent in the situation and then other times this gets really convoluted so mom and dad divorce and mom remarries and there's a stepdad that's with the child for several years and and then they divorce and the stepdad still wants to see the child so we have mom's and dad and then the stepdad and grandma so there's just so much going on in this child's life so we're in children's ministry, mm. you're not used to dealing with that many adults in a child's life. And so that is a culture shock. Mm. Their behavior is a culture shock. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. we, many churches have the one, two, three strikes your out role. And mm. that works great for a lot of children. It does not work well for the child of divorce. Um, You know, the first time the child gets in trouble, it's like, oh, that's your first strike. And then the second time, maybe their name goes on the board or their parents called. And maybe the third time, they're asked not to come back for two, three weeks. Well, these kids don't come every week anyway, so it doesn't Uh make any difference to them. The other thing we don't realize is that child just may have come to mom's house at 7 o'clock Sunday morning, and they've been at dad's all weekend, and they just want to be at home on the couch with mom. And cuddling up with mom that they may not have seen in three or four days. Or maybe a week if it's the every other week thing. Mm. And so, yeah, I'll get out of control. Send me home. That's okay with me. I want to be sitting at home on the couch with my mom anyway. Mm. I want to be cuddled up with my dog or my cat at home. So these are things we just don't think about in children's ministry when we're dealing with these children.
0: Mm. And so we're seeing just a small portion of that child's life and not having the rest of that, the the other pieces to that puzzle. Right. Right. So they may have one parent who brings them to church and another one... Who does not when they're with them, or take them to a different church, even a different type of church,
1: a different denomination. Even and
0: so, it can be very confusing mm-hmm. for a child. And so, how does that affect uh, that child in in the in, in the way that they receive the ministry that we're offering?
1: Well, let's say um, I'm a little kid and I come to your church, and I, in my mind I'm going, "Oh, well, now do we do we kneel when we pray? Do we is it the other church? Do we raise our hands or?" Or, or, or do we, do we sing courses? Do we sing hymns? Uh, am I supposed to sit now? Am I supposed to bow? Am I supposed to cross myself? Just imagine being a little kid and you don't know what you're supposed to do. Uh, so that can be very confusing for them also. So we, we need to remember when these children come to our group to remind them you know, you know. This is how. Remember, everybody, we're going to raise our hands when we sing today, or we, we, in our church we dance back and forth, or whatever it is that your church does. Mm. We just need to give a friendly reminder.
0: Great idea. It's a, that's a good tip to not assume that everyone knows what to do and exactly, why. Exactly. Because Either you have visitors or kids who may not be there regularly, who are intermittent in their attendance, uh, or others who may be struggling with what to do within the culture of your church. Mm-hmm. Great tip. All right. Um, so. You mentioned the behavior of some of these childs, so when a child's behavior gets out of control, and this may not only be for children of divorce, right, but that that may be a byproduct. When it does get out of control, what's what's something that we shouldn't do? Uh, Is is there something we should avoid in our response?
1: Well, yes, there's several. First of all, when a child of divorce comes and they start getting out of control, many times we think, if I just ignore that, they'll stop doing that. Mm. But that's the office for the child of divorce. I'm I speak in generalities. Every yes. child is different, of course. So, but for the child of divorce, they need to know they belong. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you call on them, or you just make eye contact, or you touch their shoulder and shake your head that says to them they belong. Mm. If you don't address it, they're gonna get more and more out of control until <laughs> they get your attention mm. so they can be addressed. So, and, and the other thing is telling them, and it, we're so good at telling children what not to do, Yes. we're not so good at telling them what to do. Sure. So, uh, you know, it's time to sit down now and maybe a hand on the shoulder. Uh, come and join our circle up time and a, a hand on the elbow or eye contact. The worst thing, what not to do, okay, this is a big important thing, and this is a culture shock to many people, is do not contact the parent about the child's behavior. And everybody's going to go into shock on this, but here's why, okay? okay? Here's why. Many single parents, especially in the throes and the war of divorce, they don't know what to do with their child anyway. The child is acting out. They don't understand they're acting out because of the stress, mm. the situation that they're in. So when you call that parent, a couple of things are going to happen. The child gets in so much trouble. They never want to come back to your church. Or the parent throws up their hand and, and I'm just never taking you back to the church. I don't know how blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't go anywhere. It just rolls off the child's back so nothing happens. The other thing is, what if that's the dad that only has the child on the weekend? They don't know what that child's behavior is like during the week. Mm. Or, or maybe it's the mom and the child lives with the dad. And so you're you're calling them to discipline this child. They don't have that child. Mm. If I only see my child two days a week, I am not going to discipline on something that happened at church. So as children's people, we need to deal with it in our classes and our situation.
0: So what not to do, that's a good tip. What are some things that we can and should do? look for things that we can do uh, proactively
1: i think we need to build the child up Mm -hmm. i think we need again we need to love the child through the love of the lord through jesus eyes Mm -hmm. i think we need to give them scriptures Mm -hmm. um just um i just had a little boy come into my group sunday he was so upset just a drastic situation in his two different homes and just came in and just covered his head didn't want to talk to anybody Mm -hmm. didn't want to join in i could have forced the situation and then i would have had a really bad situation going on i simply just said to him i i can tell you're really struggling tonight so when you're ready to join our group come on over and then i said to another teacher keep your eye on him every moment because i didn't want him running out the doors which they will do sometimes so he didn't realize but we were we were prepared and we were watching him but he when he was ready he he's a 9 year he crawled under a table he didn't say anything to him about it he gradually snuck and crawled and snuck into our group. Inched his
0: way in. Inched his way into
1: the group. But he came. But he came into the group, right.
0: So it strikes me that as the divorce rates in our country rise, and we see that even within the church uh, as more and more uh, common, uh, that really any child, I mean, we can't predict from all the children that you have right now who may be in what appear to be traditional homes that are stable and solid a year from now or two year from, years from now, any one of those children may find themselves in a situation like this.
1: Right, exactly. So that would
0: be very different, I would think, than someone who has a, a learning disability or, or some emotional struggles that are genetic, that to also be thrust into a situation like this for the child, uh, we can't know who that might be necessarily. Right. And they can't predict that as a child. And so it would just take them totally by surprise.
1: Right. And so, you have to remember, to a child, this is, this is the death of the only family I've ever known. Yeah. You know, we, we, uh, we take a child who's grieving the death of her parent. We treat, many times we treat them differently than a child who's grieving the death of their parent's marriage. And those children need just as much love and care and concern as the child who's lost a parent to death.
0: Yeah. And so many times... Um, <laughs> at least initially, until we know the children well or know their families well. We may not even be aware of the situation for some children. What, how can we raise our awareness as kids' leaders uh, if we don't know the family but we have kids that we see regularly? Are there, are there uh, things we can look for?
1: Well, one thing is ask the children, so what mm-hmm. happened this week? What's going on this week? And, and if you know that they uh, live in two separate homes, don't be afraid to talk about the other mm-hmm. home. So what did you do? Great the, advice. So you weren't here last weekend. Did you go to your dad's? What did you and your dad do last weekend? Because, see, they can't talk about those things at home. Right. And so they need a place to talk. And the, the more you talk and the more you vent to somebody else, it's not that you want answers. You just want your story to be told. Someone to you listen. You want people to hear what you mm. have to say. And sometimes that's all it needs is just for them to talk. Mm. And one thing we have to be very careful about is not saying, well, how did that make you feel? because they don't know how they feel. So, if you if a child comes in and they're upset, you can say, "Wow, your eyes are scrunched up like this and your your mouth is going like this and your face looks like it's kind of angry. It mm-hmm. seems so we describe your shoulders are hunched up like this and your fists are clenched." I mean, we can tell they're angry when they walk in the door, but we're going to describe what their body looks like, because we're describing what anger looks like, or we're describing mm. what sadness looks like, or we're describing what confusion looks like, and then that's a point of reference that we can they can take off and start talking then.
0: Mm. Great idea. So so what is it that these kids need most from us when they attend our church?
1: They need a smile. They need Most of them need a hug. You know, when kids come in, I always... They need a lot of choices, because decisions have been made about their lives that they have nothing to do with and they feel out of control and they feel out of control and so you can empower a child Mm. by giving them choices Mm. and so it's just like when they come in i have these pictures up on when they come in so do you want to do you want a fist bump you want a handshake you want a hug do you want uh not to be touched which is a circle with a slash through it uh and they or you want to and there's like maybe a five and that do you want a high five so they point to how they want to be greeted. Mm-hmm. That gives them power the minute they walk in the door mm-hmm. without them being in control of every thing. Yes. But they're empowered. Give them options. Give them options. And let them make choices. Yeah. So how do you want to be greeted? Do you want to sit at this chair? Do you want to sit this chair? Do you want to stand by me? Do you want to stand over here? Um, do you want to do this first? Do you want to do this first? So you're giving them choices, empowering them for their life.
0: Wow. Great. Briefly... What is it that we need to communicate to these kids of divorce about about their Heavenly Father, about God? Is there a, a barrier that they will struggle with that other kids may not? And is there something that we need to do in the way that we discuss God with them?
1: Right. They Many of these children are angry at God. Mm-hmm. God, I believed. I prayed. I prayed you bring Daddy back home. Mm-hmm. I know when I was going through the divorce, my son came home eight years ago and said, Mom, my Sunday school teacher said if i just pray harder, Dad would come home. Oh, son, (laughs) praying hard. No, see, God gives everybody a free will. Mm -hmm. Your dad has made the choice to do this. So I think we have to be careful how we talk to these children about how they pray. So instead of saying, pray your dad come home, you can say, Pray, pray for your dad's safety. Pray for your dad to get up on time. Pray for whatever. Pray for your mom to be able to empty the trash by herself. What yeah. You know, practical things that they can pray. And then that God is the Heavenly Father. He will never, He's the Heavenly Parent. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. As long as you stay connected to Him, He's connected to you.
0: Hmm. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your insights and for sharing with us. And, listener, I would encourage you to please go to Linda's blog uh, at blog.dc4k.org. That's blog.d as in dog, c as in cake, which is always good, for the numeral for the letter k org. k.org, dc, blog.dc4k.org. And you can find uh, some of Linda's writings there and follow up with her. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And listener, we at Lifeway Kids, as always, are praying that God will use you in ways that are bigger than you can imagine to reach more kids and families than you ever thought possible with the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Lifeway Kids podcast. Don't forget to visit etchconference.com to learn more about our exciting new family ministry conference that's happening here in Nashville, October 3rd through 5th. The rates will go up on August 31st, so be sure to register as quickly as possible to lock in the lowest rate. Once again, information is available at etchconference.com, e t c h conference.com. We look forward to seeing you here in Nashville for etch.